0: What is Off The Groove? It means you've blown the line or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack.
1: Off The Groove
2: with Scotty Dubler.
0: So, 22 days away. What? 22 days away. Three weeks in a day?
2: 22 days? Wow.
0: Three weeks is 21. Wow. So we got the 5th, the 12th, and 19th, and it's on the 20th. So yeah, three weeks in a day. So fast. That's crazy. Dude, I can't believe, you know, I thought we were going to have a, a break, but three weeks
2: isn't well, really much of a break. It does feel like a break because, like, it's not happening tomorrow. There's no race tomorrow.
0: You know what? I, I, I like that, though, because a lot of these people are on new teams. It gives them a chance to go back home, recuperate, figure out what they learned. You know, Daytona is kind of a crapshoot anyway, but what you learn at Atlanta— refocus you know we got time to do some testing and, and knock the you know everything's get everything ready for texas and then we get hardcore into the season
2: yeah i mean i could look at it both ways but what if you're on fire what if you're like a dalton Gautier or, or you know even a brandon robinson who had the best tt finish and then a win right like you, yeah you want to get right, right back to racing i get it
0: yeah you definitely don't want if you're one of those two guys or somebody that had you know a good success in the first two rounds you don't want to break but you know we can't race every weekend but i'm just i'm already ready for texas and and uh man I can't wait to talk to these two guys. We got lined up.
2: Yeah, I know you want a break because all that talking you've done the past few weekends.
0: I don't get a break. I'm going this weekend. I'm in Troy, Ohio for the last ice championship race. Yeah. And and I'm off next weekend. Then I'm doing a monster truck show and then I'm going to Texas. So I got one weekend off and then I'm eight weekends straight.
2: The life of Scotty Dibbler nonstop. Non-stop talking. So I got a comment saying that somebody liked the the post-race in your face title. So maybe that's what we call it.
0: Yeah, Um, post-race in your face. I was sticking my cell phone right there in their face because like a dummy, I ran off to Atlanta and forgot my microphone. But it was fun walking through the pits and getting the raw, raw emotion.
2: I think it's it's super uh, easy to do. You're there. Um, I know that it's painful. You've been talking all day, and the last thing you want to do is keep talking. But the fans are loving it, so I appreciate you doing it.
0: I'm doing it for you, Carter. You're not doing it just for, for the me. i for
2: all the fans. Yeah, you do it, you you do know, it for cause the fans. Because it's
0: something that they don't get. you know? And I liked what we did at Daytona. Everybody else did too. It seemed like that was one of our most popular episodes we've ever done. Yeah. So I'm glad we did after Atlanta too. No, it's
2: really cool. And I think, you know, like we said, it's an extension of that pit walk. You get the before, the during when you watch the race, and then now you're getting the after with, with what you're doing. So I think it's a nice little ad. Um, and uh, maybe do it again in Texas if I can talk you into it.
0: Well, we'll have to see. I might do something crazy at the uh, ice no. race tomorrow. What do you think?
2: You want to do one at the ice race? I'll do one of the ice race. I'll put it together for you.
0: I might. I might. Depends on who all's there. And, and uh, you know, they're racing for a championship. This is their last round. Right yeah. now, Jake Mattia is in the lead. What? And Jeremy Orr wants the championship so bad.
2: Love it. I'm sure they'll appreciate that if you do that for the ice league, too. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You want I'll to talk to some do. people uh, and do an interview, a regular interview? Like today? Yeah. Well, I mean, like... We did it earlier this week but we're okay. teasing it now for this episode.
0: Oh I got you I, yeah. I got lost there in the trans transition I think you're on East Coast time I'm in Central so I lost right. you for just a second but
2: yeah.
0: yeah let's talk to those guys
2: you want to I think we've been we've been talking about this one since shit I mean like what January February but we didn't Something even early We didn't know how big it would be you know the end of March. It, it's actually become a big deal.
0: It was actually right around Christmas time because I was in Colorado at my yeah. mom's house when we talked to Robbie Bobby. So it was somewhere right around Christmas when we talked to Robbie Bobby and he could not break the news. You know, we knew he went to AFT, was trying to get the job to, be, you know, to work, to do the dirt work. But it was bigger
2: than that. We that didn't even know what it his was big news. really. Yeah. His big news right. was Dalton, go time, Gautier
0: Yeah. And the big news Really, they weren't planning on racing until round three in Texas that we're three weeks away from.
2: Yeah, I've been messaging even since last year during the season. You know, we were doing our episodes even last year and I was mess. I every once in a while hit Dalton and be like, hey, dude, like, are you making a comeback? Like, I'd love to talk to you. Like, and, um, like, you know, he, he never like dismissed it, but he was just like not ready. Um, you know, but he's back. He's not only back podium, the first race won the second race. On two different leading motorcycles, the leading the points heading into the third race of the season, and is going to be on a third different motorcycle. I got. I got to hear the story. I got to talk to this guy. Why not?
0: Let's call him up. Call up Dalton. Call Dalton's cell phone right now. Give him a call.
2: All right. Here we go. It's ringing. Well, it doesn't really make a sound when it rings, but you'll hear it when he picks up.
0: Hello. Who, who's it? Is this Dalton Gautier?
1: No, man. This is Robbie Bobby.
0: Robbie Bobby McClendonshire.
1: What's up?
0: What's happening? How are you doing?
1: Oh, not too bad, man. Just uh, doing a little bit of testing and practicing and training all in one.
0: All at one time at your racetrack?
1: Yep. Yes, sir. Every Wednesday night, unless it's raining, even then sometimes. Wow. You're busy. Always. But I'm you smiling big. We just did about 100 laps on the, uh, the Husky, so I'm smiling big. What's the name of the bike? Magia Negra.
0: Magia Negra.
1: We got all <laughs> black plastics on her, so she's looking good. And it's a tropical theme, so we just thought, like, you know, maybe, maybe a little South American flavor.
0: I got gotcha. you. All right. That makes sense. What are you doing answering his phone?
1: I stole his phone, man. He's on training duty right now, so he can't have no girls calling. He can't have no friends calling. It's all business.
0: He doesn't know that we're calling him?
1: Uh, He's going to find out in just a few minutes when I wave him off the track.
0: All right. Well, could you do that for us so we can talk to him?
1: Yeah, man, no problem. Hold on. He'll be over here in just a few minutes.
3: Hey, man, what's up?
0: What do you do? I'm good, man. Are you sweating right now? I mean, uh, Robbie Bobby just said you put in a hundred
3: laps. Yeah, we just did a bunch of testing on the Husky and uh, did about a hundred laps and uh, been super busy and really wasn't expecting this call, but uh, excited to uh, be on the show.
0: Well, does a team manager always answer your phone, or, or I mean, what's going on down there?
3: The phone's in the truck, so I mean, yeah, I guess he answered it. So all
0: right. Well what's been going going on the last few days? I have not seen you since Atlanta. Are you still riding the high?
3: Oh uh, yeah, I'm just keeping cool and uh staying motivated as always and uh doing a bunch of riding and training. Uh we just went to the gym last night and stuff, so that was good. We just got this husky together, so we're just trying to get it figured out for Texas and uh yeah, just really excited to get the season rolling at Texas on the new bike. Right
0: on. we talked to Robbie Bobby a few you- weeks ago here on off the groove and he kind of teased us that he had some great big news coming it was in the works and he wouldn't tell us exactly what was going on so are you the big news he was teasing us about i'm hoping
3: so yeah (laughs) yeah i think so yeah but uh we had it in the works for a a good while now and uh we kind of kept it on the down low but uh we wanted to come out firing and obviously that's happened so um really stoked to be working with rob and uh, it's been great so far i've been down here for about two months maybe a little bit more than that and uh just been training my butt off more than ever and uh, feel great and feel really good on the motorcycle so uh, i think the competition is going to be a little bit scared for the rest of the season
0: right on i think so too so we'll get into a little bit more of that how you got teamed up with robbie in just a little bit but l- first let's get to know dalton Gautier. i've been i've been saying your name for a long time i think since the amateur nationals and somebody came up and told me how to pronounce your name correctly. Hopefully, I still am doing that, but uh, let's go way back. So where were you born, Dalton?
3: Uh, I was born in Pennsylvania. My mom's uh, Karen Lengel. She's from Pennsylvania, too, and uh, my dad's from Canada. So uh, they met up way long ago back in the day and uh, had me, and uh, I was born in PA. So I've been living there my whole life, basically.
1: Were you a planned baby?
3: Uh, I don't think.
0: (laughs) So Rob, Robbie Bobby's still on the phone, going to give us a few uh, few comments here and there. So what's it like growing up in Pennsylvania?
3: Uh, honestly, we, uh, I just went to school in PA and uh, went racing on the weekends, basically. It wasn't too crazy or busy of a child. Just went racing on the weekends and went to school just like an average kid. So, uh, yeah, nothing too special about it. Just uh, racing and going to school. How, how did you
0: get into motorcycles?
3: Uh, My dad was a former Speedway racer, and uh, he used to race Speedway before I was even born. So, uh, yeah, he got me into that. Uh, my first bike was uh, CRF 50. He put a little downpipe on it and uh 88 big bore kit, and uh, off I went. And uh, I started racing in Canada when I was uh, about 4 or 5, and then uh, once I turned, I think, 7, I went to the States to race. So I was living in Canada for a little bit when I was younger before even getting into school and stuff. So, yeah, just raced there and then came to the States to start racing and uh, started racing in PA, and uh, that's where I met everybody and uh, all the sport from there, basically.
0: Do you remember what track it was and and when your first race was? You said Canada. Do you have any idea which track it was?
3: I want to say Welland, Ontario, but I'm not completely sure. I'm pretty sure it was Welland, but, uh, yeah, I think – uh, my first race was in Welland, Ontario.
0: Okay. So what riders did you look up to when you are growing up, when you were a kid?
3: Uh, I was a big Henry Wiles fan. Uh, Robbie Bobby? Yeah, Robbie Bobby, for sure. <laughs> I mean, the most talented rider in the world, basically. Pound yeah. for pound, baby. Pound for pound. 100% win ratio. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> But uh right. no, I was a big fan of uh Jake Johnson too and uh, a bunch of other riders. I mean I didn't have a uh a, a super favorite, but uh, I'd say Henry Wiles, Jake Johnson really stood out to me. Stevie Bonzi, they're uh one of my favorites, so Okay. What
0: uh what kind of tracks did you learn to ride on?
3: Uh I raced on everything basically growing up. We raced every weekend, so if it was winter we'd be racing on concrete or indoor on dirt. But uh I raced on pea gravel half mile, clay half miles. We got a lot of car tracks back home. So I grew up on a lot of car tracks too with the clay. So that helped me out a bunch. And uh I I think I grew up racing on everything, all sorts of different track types and track services and racing against different people too. We all we weren't always in PA so we always went to we went to Florida a bunch, Illinois for Springfield and uh we went a bunch of places, so it definitely helped me out uh growing up. That's
0: cool. So what, what was it about flat track motorcycle racing that appealed to you?
3: Uh, I like going fast and, uh, being so close to other riders and stuff. I think that's really cool. And, uh, I just, I just like everything about it. The flat track family is really great and, uh, supportive of me and they always been. And, uh, yeah, just basically them things. I mean, the family is the biggest thing. Uh, there's so many nice people in the paddock and, uh, good friends that i've known for my whole life basically so i really love that and uh just uh yeah everything about flat track i love so
0: H- have you tried anything else besides flat track on two wheels i mean or is it just always on flat track
3: i've done like 150s on uh on the pavement and stuff before and uh grew up r- riding motocross but i never raced so i, I think that helps me out on my tt skills a little bit. But uh, not too bad of a motocrosser. I'm not a total squid. So, yeah, Um <laughs> grew up riding motocross and uh, a little bit of supermoto here and there and uh, mostly flat track. But uh, never got to practice too much when I was growing up because we didn't have a practice track or money to have a practice bike. So basically went racing, and that was my practice. So
0: Wow that's interesting so let's talk about your amateur career for just a little bit you said you travel a lot so who are some of the biggest names that you were racing against while you're you know coming up through the ranks as an amateur rider
3: uh for sure uh jared vandercore is one of them uh davis fisher a bunch of guys we had jeffrey lowry brandon price cameron smith There was a lot of guys that i grew up racing with and uh can't name them all right now but uh yeah, for sure. That's the, they're one of the reasons why I'm such a good rider now is they pushed me a lot when I was younger and made me try harder and harder every week to beat them. So, I think that's why I'm such a good rider now. Is uh just pushing to be better and always wasn't on the greatest greatest uh bikes or the fastest stuff, so that made me push a lot harder too growing up.
0: So, what were some of the things you might might have struggled with when you were first starting out in flat track?
3: Uh, A lot of it was a height thing, and uh, I was really small when I was younger, so I've, I've grown a lot ever since that, but uh, I feel like once I grew some height and uh, got on some good bikes, like my Yamahas that I was on uh, my last year amateur, I definitely stepped it up and uh, could actually run with some of the kids that uh, had faster bikes than me and stuff, but uh, definitely showed me to ride harder, even on the faster bikes, too, with having not the fastest bikes before that, so... All right. What's your favorite memory as an amateur racer? Um, I'd have to say 2014. I want to say in Savannah, Georgia. I just got on my Yamahas. My uh, dad had built them for me, and uh, it was first time ever riding the Yamaha since being on Huskies for two years. And uh, I ended up racing the Super Singles at Steve Nace at Savannah, and it was the first time he ever had that class. And uh, they had Jared Meese on a Framer. Kubeth was in there I think Chris Carr was on a road tax uh Davis Fisher Brandon Robinson JD Beach was all in there and uh ended up winning the thing And I was only 15 years old so that was probably the best uh amateur career moment of my career I think
0: so I, I was gonna say I think that might be your favorite memory of all time I mean beating those big names on and you know you're just a 15 year old kid I think you'll never ever forget that one that's awesome
3: yeah i I raced jared in the heat race and i ended up beating him. and then uh in the main i ended up winning the whole thing so had some tears after that and uh figured after that that if i can beat them guys at 15 years old i could probably make this a living and do this as a career so that's when i really found out that i could i could run up front with the big dogs that's
0: awesome so in 2015 you went pro you're racing with the scott power sports yamaha uh what was your biggest challenge moving from amateur to the pro ranks
3: uh i mean i want to say nerves There was a lot of nerves and uh I, I knew i had a lot of people watching me to see how good i was going to do and stuff so i think that messed with my riding a little bit but uh now that i know i can run up front it's a lot better so uh, yeah just basically the nerves and then having a full program i didn't really know what to have a full per a good full program for the my rookie year and stuff so i only did a few handful of select races and uh, i ended up 13th in points i think with uh, one podium at Daytona the second night. so yeah, it was it was all right. wasn't wasn't my best for sure, and uh, definitely wanted to improve on that the next year after that. So yeah, it's been pretty good ever since.
0: I think it was a pretty good you know, first season. Like you said, you didn't run all the races. You still podium Daytona. Uh, you went on for five top tens that, you know, that year. So I think you are running up front when you got to go racing. So in 2016, you finished the season second to points with nine podiums, three wins, including Daytona, Arizona, and the New York half mile. You raced for DGR Motorsports, Yamaha, and you also rode Ron Woods uh, racing BMW. So um, let's talk about 2016 a little bit. What was that first win like? What did that feel like?
3: I uh, felt awesome and uh I knew it was gonna be easier to win after that. I figured that the first one's probably the hardest one to get and uh it's true. It's been a lot easier ever since that to get some race wins under my belt and uh yeah, I was on my own stuff that year. We didn't really know what to think. Ended up winning the season opener. I definitely had some people watching me and uh yeah, we went to Texas. I got fourth there. After losing my steel shoe I almost won the thing and uh and we went to Arizona and won on the BMW, which really helped me. In my career too. So yeah, twenty sixteen was really good. Still didn't have a great program, I feel like, and uh coulda needed some work on the twins and stuff. My singles was pretty pretty solid. My dad was building my bikes and stuff and me and him were just doing our own thing. So yeah, it was a pretty good year and uh I didn't expect it to get I didn't expect to get second in it so Yeah, I was really happy with getting second and and, racing with some of the guys that have been pro a lot longer than me, too. So I was happy with
0: it. So with all those good results and a solid second place in the points, you earned a ride with Estenson Racing, and then you dominated the first three rounds. Early April, AFT disqualified you from the Charlotte half mile and suspended you indefinitely from AMA Pro Racing for violation of the substance abuse policy. So take us through what goes through your mind when you found that out
3: basically heartbroken after them uh first three races winning them and stuff uh felt like i was on a roll and felt like nobody could really stop me honestly i had the best equipment and uh yeah it was going good until that happened but uh i'm ready to put that in my past but uh, i was really frustrated with myself and uh i knew i let down a lot of people uh my fans and sponsors and stuff so yeah i didn't really know where my career was going after that and uh Ended up doing the road to recovery, but I didn't finish it. So I uh, figured I might take some, take away some time from racing for a little bit and uh, just clear my head and uh, just go be a kid for a little bit because I've been racing my whole life. So doesn't sound like the smartest idea, but it, I think it helped me a lot with uh, just doing my own thing for a little bit and getting away from racing. But, uh, yeah, I'm a lot better now, and uh, I know it's going to come up all the time, but, yeah. I know it's never going to happen. I won't let it happen. And uh, it's, just, uh, it's just the past, man. I can't really do anything about it except look forward. So. Right
0: on. Well, what I, what I liked is the, the press release came out. You were only 18. You took ownership, and you moved on from it. You learned from your mistakes. A lot of people learn from different mistakes throughout their lives. So, uh, you've learned that lesson and we move forward but, but to finish off that year colby Carlisle ended up taking your spot on the essence and bikes and end up winning the championship that year did you ever think that could have been you
3: oh yeah for sure i i watched some of the races and stuff i didn't i didn't really pay too close attention to it because i was just kind of i didn't really want to watch it because it kind of makes me jealous not gonna lie but uh yeah, for sure. I, I knew I could probably win that championship. I was fifty points ahead after Charlotte, so I had a pretty decent chance at winning the championship if I didn't have any inter- injuries or uh, bike failures or anything. So, uh, and I don't think that would have happened, but uh, yeah, I think I could have won that championship for sure. But uh, it's the yeah. past, and I just got to look forward from it now.
0: Yeah, you know, you, you, you sat out. You, you got to be a kid for a little bit, and we can't hate you for that. You learn from your mistakes, but uh, we sure missed seeing you on the motorcycle. So let's move it into, into 2018. Actually, you set up the rest of 2017, you set up all of 2018. Did you ride anything while you were you know, suspended from AMA Pro?
3: Yeah, I did uh, two Outlaw races in California. Well, one in Nevada, actually, and one in California. I did one at Salinas for the TT, for the Western Flat Track Association, and uh, ended up getting second to Stevie Bonzi in that race was really good after not riding for about six months maybe even more than that but uh took another five months off and then went to nevada to race and didn't too uh didn't do too good but uh kind of put it past me and uh started trying to figure out what i was going to do for the next year because i knew i missed racing and uh didn't have a job or anything when i wasn't racing so i need i needed an income and uh i knew that if i go back racing i could definitely probably make some money and stuff so that was my best route i think and uh me and Robbie, Bobby, were talking a little bit here and there and uh, ended up coming down here at the beginning of 2019. So been pretty good ever since. Robbie, Bobby, when did you
0: start deciding you wanted to work with Dalton? And, and did this start like in 2018? Or how long have you been thinking that you wanted to work with this kid?
1: Actually, honestly, I mean, I've seen him for a while now. But, hell, it I wasn't even sure – um, I wasn't going to be running a team I was just going to be helping out some riders this year uh, truth be told I was trying to get a job with AFT um, doing track prep but um, when Dalton and I had talked a few times and then he got himself down here then we kind of just I mean, sat down and, and figured out what we are going to do and try and put a program together and you know um, I, I say this so many times now but He's, um, you know, we we put it out there point blank that, you know, we're going to give each other 110% no matter what. Even if we have a bad night, we still both tried our best and whatnot. So um, one thing led to another, and we just kind of put it together. I mean, we're definitely not one of the larger funded teams out there for sure, but I can promise you that we've got heart and we've got a strong will to succeed on, on all levels. So. Um, I know that's kind of rambling on from your original question, but um, there's not really a good answer. We didn't realize we were going to do it until he got down here because he was originally just wanting to get back into riding. And then once he said he wanted to get back into racing and we wanted to take it seriously. So to answer your question, I guess the beginning of 2019 is when we decided we are going to formally do something.
0: Right on. So you guys are making as much noise as all the big teams are, that's for sure. And I think it's a story – that's awesome and that people can relate relate to too so Robbie if I'm not mistaken you got the phone call that said Dalton was reinstated while we were up in Savannah on Friday night while you're in the middle of the track you know running the transponders is that how how close it was before the Daytona TT that you guys got the call that you knew you're gonna be racing the Daytona TT round one
1: yeah no doubt we were definitely uh I was up there working like you said the Steve Nace race and I had talked to AFT multiple times as well as the road to recovery people because prior to Daytona, you know, we were really sure that we were going to be coming back for Texas. So we had always hoped like maybe a miracle would happen because he put a, once he got down here, he got right to work. I mean, we got into the program. We, he went, you know, and met up with the people he needed to meet with. He, he did everything he was supposed to do and he did it, you know, apparently the best you could do it. So, we were still a little bit unsure, and so we just like, all right, well, you know what? We're going to go down there and support all the other racers. We're going to go to Daytona, make an appearance, you know, and, and we really just wanted to support the series, even though we were planning on not racing it. Um, and it, it's, it's funny because we were in day on the way to Savannah. He had no helmets, no leathers, no, nothing because we weren't planning on racing. And then literally while I was working timing scoring, he and I, because he was helping me with it. We were on the phone during the races handling getting his leather shipped from NJK. Uh, Gary at Light, she was like, yeah, tell me what you need. We'll get it done. So Gary got that done. Um, Jeff at Arai, you know, everybody was mutually so excited and so amped that we put together a program essentially while we were working the race at Steve Nace.
0: Uh, that's awesome how the flat track community can come together and and make things happen you know you were busy and then you know on tuesday he left you at the racetrack me and you robbie were we stayed there and worked and and dalton had to go take the concussion test to get that final clearance so dalton what let the fire on you to get ready and get cleared off you know cleared to race right before daytona uh,
3: i was just really excited to get back and uh once they told us that uh we had a fighting chance to race daytona i was uh really excited to be back and show everybody that i could still race and uh still ride a motorcycle same as 2017 i think and uh, maybe even better so yeah i was super excited and uh couldn't wait to be at daytona racing with everybody i had no idea that we'd be racing honestly i was uh more focused on texas and uh just giving them riders a two race head start so uh super grateful for everything that's happened in the last month and uh I couldn't uh, be more happier about it and uh can't thank Rob enough I wouldn't be here without him and uh giving me a track to ride at a gym to train at and a house to sleep in Eden so yeah if it wasn't for him I wouldn't be here probably
0: right on so let's talk about it you get you get thrown into the mix you finally found out Tuesday you know two days before the Daytona TT we're going back to the world center of racing probably the biggest track we go to what's it like what were you feeling getting back on a track that you won at before in front of the big crowd you know your first race back what was going through your head
3: uh my main goal was to make the main event honestly i knew i had never missed the main event in my whole career so that's something i didn't want to break the streak on so i wanted to make the main and get some points because uh i knew before that i didn't even know i was racing daytona so it'd be just nice to get some points and uh be uh going towards the championship basically so yeah we uh qualified 31st um second rail in the heat race finished third behind uh Sipes and Bromley the Red Bull Riders and uh after that I kind of had some confidence and knew that I could probably run up front with them guys because I was catching them a little bit in the heat race and uh the semi went great I got the whole shot basically from the outside I think and uh yeah just ran away with it basically and won the thing so that might that boosted my confidence a bunch, and uh, I was really excited just how the semi went and showed everybody that I could still run up front. And uh, the main event went really good. Uh, finished second, and uh, didn't get too tired or anything. So I felt like my fitness was there pretty well, and uh, all the hard work that I've been doing here in Pensacola definitely helped.
0: So, what was the feeling like? You know, pulling into Gatorade Victory Lane there at Daytona International Speedway. What? What? Tell us about how cool that feels.
3: Uh, it definitely brought back some memories from 2017. I was super stoked. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't believe it. Honestly, I was so happy to be on the podium and get second. And then, uh, especially be up there in the points now too. So yeah, I was just more excited than anything. I was, uh, so happy for everybody that helped me to, uh, give their time and effort into my program and, uh, to give back to them was awesome. And, uh, yeah, just just really stoked about it i couldn't couldn't really uh, grasp it honestly that night and uh i can now i mean i'm uh super grateful for everything that's happened in the last two months
0: robbie bobby tell me about your feeling walking into gatorade victory lane with your rider placing second at the daytona tt
1: oh man it was it was great actually i don't even think i walked in there i think i went running out towards the track to, to greet him with uh with johnny lewis and his crew because we were all just kind of in awe because um you know the program came together at such the last minute i mean can't really say how much we're grateful for johnny for uh for renting us a bike because with two other options that were offered to us uh failed at the last minute so we were back to square one and and i just made a hail mary call and johnny's like yeah man i got i got a, a um a practice bike we use for the school's and so we agreed we're going to meet at the speedway at seven in the morning and essentially turn a a play practice bike into a full-on grand national bike the best we could so um so him and his whole crew uh we call them the brazilians but um (laughs) we worked our we worked our asses off man all day to get into the uh the pit garages finally got the bike ready to go and uh you know at the end of the night man you can see there's several pictures of all the crew and we were all just so happy so thankful so grateful but you know just like anything else you know it it boils down to how bad dalton wanted it because you know there's there's lots of people out there that that made the main and um you know much respect to all of them but you know i would say majority of them had their programs and their bikes together you know months in advance and and even though it's not good to say like, oh, we were so last minute, you know, because we weren't essentially we had already planned on not making the round. So uh, so to be share victory lane, Gatorade Victory Lane with those guys after all of us put in the effort and Dalton had given us his 110% man was just was just absolutely incredible.
0: Right on. So we're on a borrowed motorcycle as a KTM at daytona and then we go up to atlanta round number two where dalton you've won there before again another motorcycle different motorcycle so why yet another motorcycle at atlanta
3: i kind of figured that i need some uh, more horsepower too from uh since daytona i struggled a little bit down the straightaways with the stock bike we just had a pipe on it but uh yeah i ended up riding the jay maloney's TRF 450, uh, the JMC Motorsports Honda. So the day started off perfect, honestly. We were, I want to say perfect, as in eighth place, first practice, considering that we were 31st in Daytona. So, yeah, it was pretty. It was going pretty good. And uh, first qualifier, we made some adjustments after practice, and the first qualifier was fast qualifier and uh, the only rider in the 18s, I think. And then the second one, uh, we made some more adjustments. Uh, we were second again for a second in that one so yeah going into the night show i kind of knew that i had a good very good chance at winning the race yeah the heat race went really good i was behind Shayna for a lap or two i think got around her and then uh, pulled away a little bit and uh, got the win and then semi had some uh had to fight for it that time with dan and Shayna in front of me and uh yeah it came down to the wire but i ended up winning the semi and then uh, knew i needed to get a start in in the main event and uh got the start that i needed and uh just run my own race basically that's what i knew i needed to do so uh, yeah just got the whole shot and uh won every let every lap and won the race so it was a couldn't have went any better honestly
0: yeah you dominated atlanta for sure so i was your second different motorcycle it's amazing what you guys have done new motorcycle will be ready magia negra did i say the bike's name right
1: yeah you did that's uh we're named her black magic and um you know it's, it's cool that um we're finally excited to, to get it done you know we're, we've done quite a bit of development work on the husky you know we don't have access to the full ktm red bull type motor program so it's just essentially me and my little engine room thinking about stuff you know we're uh, we're pretty excited i mean I, i'm i feel feel good about it but you can feel all you want to at a practice track or even in like a local race but until you line up with the big boys and see how you stack up against them, you know, in the motor compartment, that's that's where my department comes in, you know, and, and Dalton's going to give me good feedback. I mean, it looked good tonight. It feels good tonight. It damn sure looks good, you know, but um, until uh, until we see what it does against, you know, the Janishes and the Bromleys and the Texter and, you know, Mischler and all the other guys, you know, hell, we we might still be down horsepower, and if that's the case, then we're gonna go back to the drawing board. You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna bring a link dick to an orgy, so we're gonna we're gonna see what we can do and um, you know keep improving. You know, I'm I'm not gonna not give him 110 percent.
0: Well, that's good. I uh, I wouldn't want to do what you said just a few moments ago, but um, Dalton, have you you've never raced that Texas Mars Speedway before, right?
3: Nope, never, never raced
0: it. So there. so. Do you have to rely on your tuner, Robbie Bobby, who has been there before as a tuner, or do you have another half mile that you have in mind that you can put in your mindset to attack this racetrack with?
3: Yeah, I definitely think I can uh, put my mind to it and attack the racetrack, like you just said. I think I'll have a good chance of winning that one, too. I'm pretty good on the clay core track, so I feel like my riding style really suits it, and uh, I think I'll be all right. I'm not too worried about it anymore confidence is pretty high and I feel really good on the Husqvarna already after one day of testing here at Pensacola so I think uh, we got some more work to do still but I think uh, once uh, Texas rolls around we're gonna be we'll be up front and uh, I'm not too worried about it so the bike feels fast and uh, feels strong so it handles right damn well.
0: That's really important so You've got a few nicknames, Dalton, and and Robbie Bobby's got a few for you. I don't know if he can say them on the air, but uh, I know that the the one that I've always been called and you know called you by is Go Time, and now you got a new one that came out in the AFT releases, Comeback Kid. So, which one do you like better?
3: Honestly, I'd probably stick with the Go Time, because you know, like maybe in like 15 years, I'm not going to be the Comeback Kid, so I'm not going to be a kid <laughs> anymore.
0: right right okay uh, so that one won't last forever
3: i'm gonna stick with go time uh i like it a lot it sticks and uh goes well with my last name and stuff so yeah go time is what i like but if people want to call me Comeback, for now i'm fine with that too okay makes for a good score right
0: Robbie bobby you got any better nicknames for him or are we just gonna stick with what we got
1: uh no we're gonna stick with go time man i already uh already going to get bleeped on your program, so I better stick with just the one bleep for
0: now. (laughs) All right. Sounds good. Well, we're already near the end of our podcast, and there's no bleeping here, so we let it all fly. So, Robbie, Bobby, you've already been here before, so we're going to go ahead and ask Graham's question to Dalton Goate. So, Graham is my grandma, and she's a flat track fanatic, but she says you're such a naturally talented rider. Do you have any hobbies or interests outside of racing?
3: I like riding one hundreds with Rob. <laughs> All right. Uh no I like I like to go to the gym and stuff, uh, work on my fitness and I think that's fun. Uh especially going with Rob when you guys do planks and he farts and stuff. So yeah, that's fun and uh hanging out with my racing buddies. Uh just got a new buddy, actually Trevor Bruner, so we've been getting along pretty well and I've been having fun with him and uh, going out to eat with Rob's pretty fun too pays for all my food and stuff so that's pretty nice and, yeah <laughs> i don't
1: maintain this figure by eating like shitty food it's all good it's all good but, food uh, exactly
3: <laughs> no nah, most of my hobbies are uh based around motorcycles honestly i mean i ride that's what my main my main uh fun is around here so he
1: collects like tennis shoes don't let him fool you he's like a shoe fanatic yeah he's i'm a like a girl shoe fanatic too i like shoes a lot so.
0: I am, too. So what's your uh, what's your go-to shoe? What's your favorite shoe right now?
3: Oh, man, that's a hard question. Some weird colored Nikes. Uh, I'd have to say Nike Air Max 270s. See, I
1: don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, hey, Robbie, Bobby, what's your go-to shoe?
1: <laughs> Pumas. Pum- <laughs> Pumas are, you know what, I'm going to start bringing back, bring out the dad shoes, like the white New Balance with tall white socks.
0: Velcro, got to do Velcro. Oh, yeah.
1: Come on, Rob. Yeah. With yes. Jeans jean shorts.
0: With yes. Jeans shorts. Pulled up socks all the way to your knees. I, I can't wait to see you in Texas. Yep.
1: I wish I had a Corvette. That'd be. That'd make it the final <laughs> with a cowboy
0: hat. Yeah. yeah. And a big belt buckle.
1: Oh hell
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. All right. Now time for our rapid fire questions. So I want you to say the first thing that comes to mind when I ask these questions, and then Robbie, Bobby, we're going to give you a chance to ask a few rapid-fire questions to your rider. So are you guys ready?
3: I guess so. (laughs) Do it.
0: All right, right, Dalton. So uh, what's the favorite bike you've ever ridden? Yamaha. Any particular one?
3: Uh, Yamaha 450. My expensive bike was pretty good. I like that one a lot. All
0: right. What track are you looking forward to the most this year?
3: I'd have to say Williams Grove, Hometown Race.
0: Okay. All right. Who do you think's your toughest competition for that singles championship?
1: Uh, I want to say Ryan Wells and Dan Bromley.
0: Okay.
1: And I'm gonna put Janish up in there, man. Janish is is uh, he stepped his game up, man.
0: Yep, yeah, yep. I I'd have to agree with that. So uh, Dalton, where do you see yourself in five years?
3: Uh, definitely a twins rider, and uh, hopefully on a factory team. That's what I'm hoping for, and uh, having right. Rob right next to me, so doing porn. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Robbie.
0: Yo, why didn't you get the job with AFT?
1: Oh man, you know I don't know. I was told I was pretty high up in the runnings, and and I really like those guys a lot. So I mean I can't say anything bad about them, but I got a couple phone interviews, so that's better than them just saying you know hey go fuck yourself. Um, right. so I got that going for me. But uh, I don't I don't know why I didn't get it. I can only speculate maybe because. There were rumblings I had talked about wanting to help out a few riders. So, of course, you know, on a professional level, I can't be, like, working with riders and prepping the track. Because even though it wouldn't, but it would kind of look like I was prepping the track for my riders. Okay. Um, so that's that's the version I'm going to give. But I don't know okay. uh, if that's the you official version.
3: Well,
0: you're in a good spot now. So I think everything happens for a reason. So just have to live it up and keep winning races. So let's keep on going with uh, Dalton. You and Robbie start your own rap group what's what's the title of your group
1: dumb and dumber (laughs) yeah dumb and dumber
0: so who's dumb and who's dumb and who's dumber
1: it depends on the situation we'll go i'm dumber all
0: right so what's your first album gonna be titled
1: too stupid to care (laughs) all right
0: and what is your number one hit gonna be
1: Big Booty hose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, we're, we're a country duo. Oh,
0: um, your country, not rap. I'm sorry. I, I messed that up.
1: Wait, did you say you uh, rap? rap? Oh, you said rap? Alright, yeah. So yeah. Was, I mean, my favorite is going to be Big Booty Hose.
0: Alright. You think that?
1: Oh, no. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, Dalton's got a way better one. When... Sassiana too. Yep.
0: Sassiana? Sassiana.
1: The remix. Yeah. By Dalton Oh. Delver
0: okay i got gotcha. you <laughs> robbie bobby yo what track are you looking forward to your victory lap on next
1: i like all the tracks you know to be perfectly honest with you so i don't care whichever one it is i'll be happy i would be kind of scared to do a victory lap like at arizona or peoria or springfield because i'm pretty sure dalton would try to flip me off the back right um, but uh man, I, I don't know man gosh uh, i would love uh you know i'd love a springfield mile um i got a indie mile with sammy howard and there's something just badass about riding on the back on a mile but um you know hey you know if he gets some more wins i want him to spread the love around so you know um i got one in atlanta so if somebody else wants gets one next time that's cool too but you know i'll, I'll take whatever i can get put it that way
0: all right sounds good so Robbie bobby uh, do you have any rapid fire questions, or even any other questions we can learn more about Dalton Gautier to ask your writer?
1: Mm. Man, I, I wish I could say I did, but I really don't. Man, you did a really good job with the interview because it was—it had some serious questions. You had some like uh, fun stuff, serious stuff, business stuff. So, man, you kind of touched on all the subjects. Really, there's nothing. There's nothing really about it that's too embarrassing, really. Because I would love to do that. He's just a regular dude just living his dream racing his motorcycle. So I don't know, man. I mean, you can throw a few more saucy ones out there if you want.
0: And I gotta save something for the next time we talk to you guys. So uh we'll save we'll save that for next time. Dalton, we're at the very end of the episode. Now it's time for you to say thanks to anyone and everyone that's uh that you'd like to say thank you to.
3: Yeah, I'd like to thank all my sponsors for this year and everybody that's in my corner. Um Starting off, d d Cycles, I want to thank them a bunch. Uh, Gilbert Smash, Seafood Atlantic, Dodge Bros Racing, Certified Plumbing, Arai Helmets, NJK Leathers, FlatTrack.com, Saddleman, Evans Coolant, Castro Oils, Light Shoe, Henson Clutches, Works Connection, Motion Pro, Fly, Western Power Sports, um, FlatTrack Live, and uh, Pro Plates.
0: Dalton, Robbie, Bobby, we appreciate your time. I know we uh, held you up from some of your practicing and your tune-in and your testing, so we do appreciate your time, and uh, we look forward to seeing you in a few weeks down in Texas. Send money. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I'm going to put at the end of every one of my podcasts, too.
1: Perfect. But send all the money to us, though. Don't anybody else. All
0: right. Sounds good. Thanks, both of you, for your time, and uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks.
3: Sounds good, guys. Thanks, Scotty.
0: That was great. I, I was glad. I was glad Robbie answered the phone. So we could get, you know, talk to him first and see exactly what's been going on. And then, you know, he stuck around to to make sure that Dalton says everything right. I think he stuck around just to give Dalton a hard time. But I'm glad we incorporated both of them into the interview.
2: No, I love it. I love what he's doing with Dalton. I love what he's doing for Dalton. I love what he's doing for Flat Track. I mean, it's not just Dalton. He does a lot. Helps a lot of riders. Does a lot of things outside of you know his normal day to day that not only improve. Dalton's life and chances to succeed in the sport, but you know others as well. So I, I love it.
0: The one thing I I took away from the interview is Dalton spoke about when he was 15 years old and he beat all the pros at Steve Nace's race in Savannah. Trevor Bruner did the exact same thing at uh, at Volusia. When you came down and watched that race, he beat all the pros and he's just an amateur writer. So man, how how crazy is how all this stuff ties in after we start and get to know more of the ins and outs of everything that happens but and now he's friends with Trevor Bruner
2: hey, it's kind of nuts Dalton is still young he's still got a lot of riding a lot of uh, years ahead of him hopefully and I, I think you know watching him ride a motorcycle you could tell it's a raw talent he's got skill um, and I don't even think he's really even reached his full potential yet. So, you know, not just him, but the people coming, you know, behind him and, and doing the same kind of deal. It's, there's so much talent in the younger generations of, of flat track right now that it's, it's, it's an exciting time, not just for the success of the, of the, the big boys out there doing their thing. Um, but to see what's coming is, is pretty amazing. Sometimes when you look back in these, in these Steve Nace races and other series,
0: yeah, and Gautier was born in January of 99. So that shows how Jeez. young he is. And, you know, it makes me feel old, <laughs> but it's cool that this next generation is so fast already. You know, yeah. when they just get to the Grand Nationals, you know, he came, to, he came to the pro level in 2015. I got to announce him and he, he won some races. But what he did in 2017, won the first three rounds, was incredible. And they took two years off, almost two full seasons off, mm-hmm. and he's leading the points again here in 2019. It's pretty impressive.
2: It is. Um, And, you know, if they were able to do that, like you said in the interview, with with such short notice, have that success in the first two races. Imagine what they got three weeks to prepare for Texas, and he's been building that other, that Husky, for what, even like a month before that. I can't wait to see what they do with it.
0: Well, he had the husky on display at texas and it is or no i'm sorry at atlanta and it is beautiful It just wasn't quite ready. They want it to be perfect before they throw a leg over it So he borrowed a different motorcycle rode a honda there at atlanta and flat out whooped him I mean, he got the whole shot. And he was gone.
2: It's uh, it'll be interesting to see who challenges him Who's able to uh, knock him off the, the pedestal that he's put himself on these first two two races Like I think he's gonna have a target on his back going into texas um, and dude, just think of all the, the, the different conversations we had about the talent level coming into the singles class and how much Dalton wasn't even a part of that conversation. Cause we didn't know what was happening. And, and, but now like none of that seems to matter right now. I mean, granted, we're only two races in, it's a long season, but like, I did not expect to be having this conversation at this point of the season, but I love it.
0: I do I do too and it's it's good to have more players and you know There was 62 entries in the singles class at Atlanta and it's the biggest class. It's the tightest racing Uh, and what brad baker pointed out at the last race in atlanta if you took off the last place qualifier Between first and last it was less than one second differential between first place and the 61st place rider less than one full second. So that's how tight-knit racing this is in the singles class, and it's going to be like that all year long because there are so many of them. The bikes are fairly equal, and the talent level is there.
2: Yeah, and there's so many different storylines. I mean, like what's going on with the you know factory KTM being in there the first time, but the war KTMs are are running pretty pretty good that's an awesome storyline that's going on I think you know Chad Coast is gonna be able to do with that Suzuki and see like uh, they I think they improved it a little in Atlanta
0: but then you also gotta you gotta throw in there American Honda and Mikey Rush You got Cam Smith just getting used to it you know there's so many guys getting used to their new rides so uh, the storylines are going going to continue to build throughout the season but uh, man what a great year we're off to so far and another great podcast is in the books and uh, i've got to go to work out here in ohio and and uh i'm gonna to try to talk to these people uh when i get done with the indoor ice race and uh, we'll try to throw something up this weekend
2: okay and then we're gonna do this again next week every friday every friday we haven't missed one yet
0: nope. knock
2: on wood we, we, we did one like on a sunday
0: well, that's because you were you slept in that day or something. I can't remember <laughs> what happened. Every
2: week, though. We put one out every week. I'm pretty proud of that.
0: Go. I am, too. All right. Yes. Go do your thing, Carter. Then. What? Carter. What? Smash that like button. Oh, yeah. Tell all your friends about Off The Groove. <laughs> Send us a comment if you want to hear from somebody. We're, we're open to suggestions. We take
2: suggestions, yeah.
0: I got one, actually. I got a suggestion from Brian Smith.
2: Oh, yeah? What was that?
0: he wants to talk
2: to jack warren who is first class
0: glass so he's on our list now oh yeah jack warren yeah so we'll have to see if we can squeeze him in here somewhere
2: we got a list we got a list of people we got a few in the next few weeks they're gonna be pretty cool to hear i I loved this one maybe some international flair coming up in the next couple weeks
0: i don't speak any other language other than english
2: it's okay you only have to know english we're good
0: okay good man you scared me
2: as always sir it's a pleasure
0: absolutely talk to you next week carter
2: have fun with your ass i mean ice
0: i'd tell you to keep it on two wheels but you don't even know how to ride a motorcycle so you keep your keep your keep your four wheels on the ground carter in your jeep
2: that's low i'm gonna learn i'm gonna go down to harley-davidson in daytona and learn
0: no what you need to do is go to johnny lewis's school Nah,
2: he's in training he's too good moto anatomy no, they got cameras there. They can document the process oh, if I go that, there. That's true. I need we to go somewhere. You better go somewhere else first. <laughs> I need to go somewhere where All they right. can't put me on camera. There's cameras everywhere. There are cameras everywhere. All right. Talk to you next week. They're watching. Everybody's watching. They're always watching. Are you done? Yeah. All right. See you. Have a good week. They're watching. Always. Always. Later. They're still watching. <laughs> All right, dude. Later. <laughs>